hello out there in fintech land and hello live from Finnovate. This is Sam Kilmer, Managing Director of Cornerstone Advisors, leader of the fintech advisory practice, and I'm joined here in the Marriott Marquis on Times Square. We got Back to the Future musical going on back here in the distance, but we have two rock stars up front here. We have Emily Steele, who is the president and COO of Savannah, joining us today from Finnovate, and we also have John Wops, who's the CEO and co-founder of Nerve. I'm always honored to be in the company of just people that I've known in the business for a long time, that Ron Shevlin and Mary Wisniewski and Al Dominic and I have had the, the, the honor to hang out with. And these guys are among them. So I think in, in true fintech hustle fashion, we're going to try to keep it fast and loose today around just what are these guys seeing in the industry and what are they seeing and hearing in the sessions of Finnovate. I'm really going to need their help today because unfortunately last night, uh, my flight was canceled. So I had to fly in this morning. I've literally been to like two demos and half of a panel session. So I'm probably just going to be basically working on fumes and buzzwords at this stage, John. So no buzzwords. No buzzwords. There'll be no, no buzzwords, but yeah, you know, just, Hey guys, um, I, let's just start off with tell me a little bit about a day in your life. You know, what's a day in the life of Emily Steele look like in, in fintech land? Emily, give me a, give me your best shot. Day in the life. What do you do on a given day? Uh, let's see. A day in the life of fintech for me is, uh, look, I, I've spent my career focused on two things. Most of the time it is customer experience, um, but I've switched that a little bit now. And now I'm focused on banker's experience because I, I feel as though the two go hand in hand, but so often we only talk about one side of that coin and it's really the customer experience. And I think if we focus a bit on the banker experience a little bit more, it actually will improve the customer experience. So right now, a day in the life of me is talking to bankers uh, just to find out what are the problems that they're having and hopefully find a way that Savannah might be able to help them. Good stuff. And you've kind of, this is not your first hayride, right? So you, this is, but so this is like accelerant, Temino, Sanchez, uh, FIS. So in terms of trying, no, 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 no. This has all happened in a nine month period. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I, I hear what you're saying. So what about you, John? What's a day in the life of John looking like these days? Uh, day in the life. Let's see. Primarily it's about, uh, we, we do embedded banking in the creator space. So primarily my world is trying to figure out, um, you know, who are those platforms that work with creators? How do they work with creators and how can we help solve their needs? So, uh, so it's more about platform experience maybe than banker experience, but, uh, but nevertheless, you know, the, the point is the same that, that there's absolutely the attention that you need to pay on your consumer or your creator or whoever that end, uh, user is. But oftentimes there are other users in between. And whether it's a banker or bankers and also the, uh, you know, in our experience with, with, with us, the platform partner and how they uh, distribute our product and how they embed the product, et cetera. Very interesting. I, I think it seems appropriate that, that Nerve, you know, it started out and initially, correct me if I'm wrong, focused on entertain musicians, yeah. that mun musicians. So we're standing here outside the Al Jolson room. And uh, let's see the I believe that's the probably the John Barrymore, not the Drew Barrymore, probably not the Drew Barrymore room. We're over the top here, the Broadway Lounge. It seems like this 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 should feel like home. I know you're 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 Austin, but yeah. so this is New York. I mean, this is this is kind of where it's at in terms of entertainment. And um, I guess you know, one thing I would ask you as you as you guys as, as you've been here thus far longer than I have at at, at Finnovate, um, 
what have you been seeing and hearing in the halls here? I mean, like, what what what's the what's the sidebar chatter been, or maybe even what's the what's the stage chatter that's been resonating with you best? I don't know, John. You want to start with you? Sure, I'll go with that. The uh, basically what I've been seeing. I don't I don't really know what uh, I don't. Let's be honest. I don't listen to what people say. <laughs> You're uh, really focused. On I'm your barely own. listening to you, Sam. It's <laughs> probably just as well. <laughs> now the uh, the stuff that I keep seeing is 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 the level of depth that I believe a lot of, you know, the fintech is at now, right? I mean, there's, uh, we, we were so long, you know, they, we were kind of on that topical level. And now, um, now, now when you, when you see a demo, the demos are, you know, and the products are, are, are solving many times banker problems, uh, um, or, you know, for instance, saw a great one today where the, uh, uh, card, is um is both for payments but also security as well so you know it's it's kind of solving an mfa issue uh through nfc and uh that was a incredible solution we've seen a lot of card products that's innovate over the last you know decade and a half but um but that that really felt like something that wasn't a solution looking for a problem and and, and required several layers of innovation over the last number of years for that to actually come come to fruition right so that was comp compu secure i believe that was doing that uh that product but um uh anyway that's that's where I, that's the, the things that i'm seeing are at least tend to be uh layers deep right. uh solutions as opposed to maybe sort of um where we were a decade ago right where it was where, where a lot of times it seemed like it was it was uh kind of pipe dreamish but pretty much getting beyond the buzzword level i like the fact that you had a session where it was multiple acronyms and yet it was still legit, you know, so that we weren't just, if I, I was like, what I, I did sit in three sessions and it seemed like everybody was either dealing in AI or API. So A and I are the favored letters of the acronym right now. Uh, but uh, what about you, Emily? What are you seeing in here and here at Finnovate? Yeah. So it's not dissimilar, uh, but it, I would take it one level further is the the depth of the demos and the, I agree, not the blah, 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 buzzwords. But what I'm also hearing differently is a lot more around partnerships and really solutions coming together to solve and then taking it to the integration layer. It's one thing to roll out all of this new technology, but it's being coupled with a conversation around how do you actually integrate it and make it work at a bank, not just how do I buy it, put it on a shelf and hope and pray, but instead, how do we actually integrate it with our entire ecosystem such that it really can be used, you know, for the long term, if you will. So starting to hear a lot more on the integration layer. The other thing that I found interesting is not quite as much of let me buy everything in a full stack, a lot more of beginning to hear again. And this is cyclical, right? It's let me buy everything from one vendor. So it's all sticky and sticks together. Then the next two years later, we talk about let me buy best in breed. I like a best in breed buy because I don't believe in one stop shopping entirely. And we're hearing that a lot, or I'm hearing it a lot from banks, credit unions, and fintechs talking about, you know, what are you doing? How do we couple together? How do we integrate it and make it actually solve real problems for the bank? So. Interesting. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm similar to what you, I'm, I'm seeing smaller and smaller organizations, banks and credit unions get into the integration game. I think some of the smaller credit unions maybe had development teams over the years, but it was pretty rare for a small community bank to have three or four developers focused on integration. seems like it's more, maybe not the norm, but it seems like it's heading that way, you know, that, that they, they need to have those resources just to be competitive. But I don't know if you guys have a 
I completely agree. And, and Sam, one of the things from my point of view, the reason I'm so focused on the banker is part of the challenge that I see today is all of these systems that have been put into banks for the right reasons, right? They've been adding software that is helping them in this digital game that everybody's playing, but it's created complexity inside of the bank because of the lack of integration between that those softwares. So for me, because I'm so obsessed right now with the banker experience, I feel as though now if we do talk about it from an integration perspective, we can make a real difference. And I'm talking to lots of community banks, uh, credit unions of all sizes, not just the big banks that are then able to create that experience, but bringing that down to a community bank level and a regional bank. And without integration, I don't think that they can achieve the right customer experiences or those that are going to keep that stickiness of a loyal customer. Yeah, I think I, the other thing that jumped out at me is you mentioned partnerships. Um, and I, you know, in the same way that a lot of banks and credit unions have not historically had a lot of dev teams internally, and they just assumed that their primary provider or maybe secondary or tertiary provider would have those resources for them. I, I think the other thing that I'm seeing more and more now is what what partnership resources, you know, maybe I have strong commercial lenders and I'm very comfortable with commercial lending deals, but I have really have no idea about how to broker a great fintech deal. So just having, you know, how many people do I need to have on my team, whether it's compliance people or actual just like deal maker type people to make some of these deals happen, depending upon how much of that they're doing. And so I have a, I have a panel session tomorrow, no plug, but uh, cause I'm pretty sure this might be coming out after it anyway. So I'm not plugging. Uh, but with, uh, with, with some bankers talking a little bit about that, but they're bigger banks and I, I'm starting to see it with even some more, um, with some smaller banks. And I don't know about so, you, John, I'm sorry, there, there's just, there's in. so many banks, uh, today that in, in credit unions too, but banks in general seem to be hyper-focused the last couple of years on building sort of a, uh, connectivity that they could then use for partnering with other fintechs, uh, almost you know, whether you want to call it a bass style, uh, relationship, but the, uh, uh, <clears throat> it doesn't necessarily need to be in the sponsor bank vein. Uh, but the, uh, what, when, what, what really is, has, has kind of surprised me is, you know, the level to, to your point, the level of, um, uh, oh, let's, let's bring in these technologists. Let's bring in these people to kind of write and figure out, you know, how we can build this connectivity to our core, but the lack of project management that I've seen at those same banks um, sometimes has not necessarily um, created the the fastest uh, or the best execution. And so, and so there's there's sometimes the miss is not necessarily on the technology side; it's almost more on the project management side. Um, but for those banks that and, and credit unions that have like stuck with it and kind of figured out that that couple year journey. It's amazing to see where they are today. They're, they're kind of positioned in this world where they're maybe uh, not necessarily thinking about, or maybe maybe they had already thought about third party and fourth party risk. They're now sort of taking that discussion away because they can pull that fintech and that fintech's uh, uh, customer base a heck of a lot closer than maybe having a Bass or some other company in between. Um, anyway, that's that's. You know, at least from my perspective, that's 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 a big part of what I've seen. Not that dissimilar. John and I had an opportunity, Sam. We were connecting and doing a little bit we're of trading chit- notes chit- before the broadcast. We were just chit chatting. Yeah, no, we were just. It was just chit chatting. Yeah. 
But, but if we take the partner concept to, you, you mentioned BAS and embedded banking, one of the things we were talking about is the complexity of banks, credit unions, trying to adopt something like fintechs. And we've been talking about those. They are buzzwords now, right? People are kind of tired of hearing about them. But we were talking about that it's starting to come to fruition now because banks, one, brings them revenue, two, brings them additional products to improve the customer experience, uh, makes them more hit, right? But more importantly, the banks now are getting technology through the right partners to support the fintechs in bringing embedded banking to life, not just talk about it, but bringing it to life. So I think partnerships, I didn't know you were speaking. I'm actually, I'll take the plug. I'm going to come see it. I think partnerships comes in so many different forms. It's about how do you partner to get the right project management so that projects don't die on a vine, but you actually get them successful early and often. But what about partnerships for vendor management? Because if you're a community bank or a credit union, there's so much to manage now. You need the right partners to help you in some of that because they don't have unlimited resources like the big banks that you might be talking about. So I love the partnership topic too, because it's so many different forms. When you, when you uh, get to vendor management or even contract negotiation and all of that other fun stuff, uh, are you It is fun. <laughs> <laughs> is that... Uh, uh, no sarcasm. <laughs> I mean, well, it, it's so important though. And, and I, I don't know where that normally sits at the bank. You know, is that, is that a CFO? So, so that's, that's what, and, and I'm speaking of this, by the way, is, is the contracts. I, I don't negotiate contracts normally as at Cornerstone. We do. But I did as a banker. And I, and you know, I bring in third parties or whatever. And sometimes I would do some of the things myself. And I think one of the, you actually, you asked the right question, which is who's overseeing it. Ideally the CFO or there's somebody internally that's brokering all the handoffs. The, the issue has been historically is that whether it's partnerships for FinTech or partnerships for vendor management, it's decentralized. So one of the challenges of the financial services industry, I wouldn't say FinTechs as much as banks and credit unions is that many functions are decentralized. Revenue generally is decentralized. You've got lenders, you've got payments might be over in retail or whatever. So I think you all have seen where you'll go into a bank and you'll, you're trying to figure out who's in charge of revenue or who the VP of sales is. And there isn't one. And then you're like, okay, that's a little squishy. And then sometimes even in the cost side, the CFO doesn't even have as much oversight as you might think. So actually, that's one of the first things we start looking into. And I think one of the promising things, one of the positives, I guess, of this conversations around partnerships is that people can start thinking about a deliberate cycle of review and getting visibility and transparency into all that because it does matter so much. So that's the good side of it. Um, I do think it's getting better, but it's been piecemeal and decentralized for a long time. But we've been positive here long enough. Let's go negative for a minute before, before we're done here. So we've talked a little bit about things that you guys think maybe uh, you're seeing here, the things that seem to be working a lot better. What's something that you see in fintech or in banking right now that you think is just not working well, not not cutting it? Uh, I, I'm not trying to put you on the spot as much as really just have a real time discussion around things that could be way better than it is than it is now. Is there something you see that's kind of broken in banking or fintech or that you think could be just way better than it is right now, Emily? I don't know if you've got anything. I do. I feel like we keep coming about what modernization and transformation is exactly the same. I've been in this space. You mentioned a few companies there that might have said that it's been a long time I've been in this space. 
and we're still At talking nine months. Uh, nine months, nine months. But when everybody associates modernization with core transformation or go replace something on digital. And I would challenge that just because cores are 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years old, we need to ask the question of, are they serving its purpose? Not everything in a bank that's a problem has to be a core conversion, right? Bank, core bank, core banking was intended to be uh, specifically about transactions, ledgers, product manufacturing, but we're expecting the core to do everything. And if, if a core is over 10 years, it's like, I got to go get a new modern core. I think that's a problem. And we can't keep looking at modernization of just saying core transformation. We have to look at the actual bank's problems and identify where are those coming from. And to, over the last two days, I've had the pleasure of talking to lots of credit unions and banks that are saying, okay, then let me share with you some of the things that I'm seeing. And it's about disconnected processes. It's about can't gain the right efficiencies, can't figure out where data is. And I would challenge us, let's not just replace the core because it's the easy fall guy. Cores take a lot of heat that, you know, we got to replace them. But the reality is let's solve the real problem. And I think it's not always the back end or the front end. Sometimes it's inside of the bank. And I don't think that we're replacing software and modernizing and helping the banker to solve those problems. So for me, not a negative, but an opportunity. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. John, what do you think? I have got nothing. I think fintech is absolutely perfect. Oh. <laughs> everything, everything, everything in this is building awesome. is working. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> everything is awesome. Uh, no, I, I, you know, I, I think <laughs> to take. Uh, uh, I think there's there's always this, uh, uh, you know the pendulum kind of swings, right? And, and, and so everyone loves to talk about AI or did at least a year ago, maybe now it's still sounding buzzy, but, um, and so it started to feel like goodness is the only real use case, at least right off the jump is the only real use case customer service, which is a nice one, I guess. And then, and then do, do people really just want to talk to chat bots all the time? Um, and so I don't want to talk chat bot. Know that I feel that's the right thing to focus on. It's not what I want. So, do you? Is that the experience that you're thinking too? I mean, I, 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 I definitely, you know, I, I, I definitely agree that that talking to a chatbot is is never fulfilling. Um, uh, but no. at the at the same time, <laughs> it's terrible. So it's usually it's a terrible experience. And and but uh, uh, for instance, there there have been demos here where the chatbot has evolved upon, right? And it's, there's a, there's a, there's essentially technology that's being used in building movies today that's being used now to create kind of a human uh, on top of the chatbot. So you're actually now talking to somebody who kind of looks and acts human. And that, at least from an evolution standpoint, makes a lot of sense, I think. Um, but it also, uh, it, it finally brings kind of the hype into a little bit more normalcy where you're going, okay, well, I can kind of see that being used. Now, is it going to work in every application? Of course not. I'm on a phone or whatever. And I just want to talk to a human. Can you please stop, you know, assuming I said this thing, whenever I said this or whatever the case may be. But um, uh, to me, that's like, like every, every Finnovate, even you start to kind of start to see the ration, uh, the hype 
start to become rationalized where you're like, okay, that thing that was a little bit blown out of proportion, but you know, required investment required a lot of that hype in order to get to where it is today. Uh, um, you know, is, 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 is at a place where it's actually starting to be consumable, um, you know, at the bank level, at the credit union level and, uh, and at the consumer level. Yeah. Yeah, please. I'm going to use some FinTech uh, or or Finnovate. Today I was at lunch and I love what you said because I could not, John, agree with you more. I had someone who I was sitting eating lunch with today say to me, I'm looking at your sign, Savannah, no no pitch. Um, And I don't see AI anywhere. And I'm like, hmm. And they said, why? Note to self, savannah.ai. Right. No, that, no, no. He said, why? <laughs> no, Sam, that's what he said. He goes, why doesn't it say savannah.ai? And I said, look, I said, I think AI is cool and all. I said, but we got to find a real problem to solve before we actually invest. Yeah, sure. Because so I love that you said, and we just said it about embedded banking. Sometimes we talk about these things to where we end up. We're so tired of hearing the buzzword. And finally, the technology catches up with a real problem to solve. But I thought it was funny. He's like, yeah. add AI to your name. Well, and I think not yet. Well, well, one of the things I I think of companies that don't have AI in their name that have been doing AI for the longest time, and they tend to be in the fraud reduction yes, area, right? For sure. So it's almost like to me what I, what I'm yeah exactly what I'm looking for is when are the heavies that really do the heavy lifting in some of the proven case in in fraud reduction when are their skills getting transferred into this natural language stuff because right now most of it's it's are you, some of it in the in the i mean some of it that now you're starting to see on like uh, uh voice authentication sure. and this type of stuff that maybe use and so yeah okay i i see all those use cases they're way less sexy nobody really talks about them anymore i mean yeah. just because we've heard about voice authentication for you know, 15 years or whatever, it's not necessarily been the best. Um, but you, you, you see, okay, well, what's the intonation? What's, you know, how is this customer reacting? And then, you know, how does that feed through to how the person should respond if there's an actual human on the other side? Right. Right. And so, so you, you see a lot of that, you know, really kind of, you know, trickling into the, uh, into the conversation, I think into actual deployments, but, um, but, you know, I, I guess, I guess those are huge businesses. Right. Not to minimize them, but also it seems like there should be so much more that's really changing our lives today. And we're we're getting there, but we're not there yet. Oh, and, you know, and I, you know, not to diminish it, too, and it's not a plug for anybody in particular, but I'm actually I'm watching all these deployments that are going in of Glia and Agent IQ and Posh and all these. And actually, to me, that's really promising stuff because you've got dedicated entrepreneurs with dedicated uh, subject matter expertise and they're they're applying it right now and like a lot of times when bankers will reach out to us and say give us the playbook and not, sometimes we'll have to say you know look if you, you're asking us about commercial loan process improvement there's a playbook if you're asking us about you know victory in ai the playbook is still being written we're still making this shit up you know so it's okay to say that and i i, I mean so but guys i appreciate you uh taking the time to go both positive and negative with me and everything and so uh, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't hold this for just a second, if you would, John. I want to present trophies. We get trophies. You guys do get trophies. Everybody gets a trophy. Are you kidding me? This no, is, no. This we is, don't need this. This is 2023. <laughs> this, is a, this is a FinTech Hustle double album coaster set. Do not put your needle on this. Put your buzzy drink on I it. I love it. You Thank know, you. You betcha. Thank you, And Sam. also, because I know you guys are you're dying for hatware, we've got a nice, uh, these are not endorsed by oh, Cool J or Run DMC, but. <laughs> Nevertheless, I think that you'll like them. But by Sam Kilmer? They, they, they are endorsed by, by me. Not Ron Shevlin, unfortunately. Ron does not support the hats. 
Ron's against it. No, he's just he's not he's not wearing the hat. But that's okay. playlist on this There's not, but I can send you one separately. So, but thanks again for joining me on the fintech hustle, and and we're we're in the hall live here at Finnovate Marriott Marquis, New York City, loving it. Back to you, and thank you so much. Join us again on the next episode.